Welcome to another episode of Small Doses with Laura Sell. When we left off the last time, I told you that this time I would be talking about my thyroid disease. I don't have a lot of information about my thyroid disease, so I might pair it up with my rheumatoid arthritis. Remember I told you all of this happened the year I turned 40. So, let's talk about the thyroid disease. I don't know if you remember when I mentioned that I was tired at that onset of the diabetes. Well, what was making me tired and fatigued was actually a failing thyroid. Yeah. So apparently that's one of the symptoms when your thyroid is not functioning properly. There's an overwhelming sense of fatigue. I could barely walk from my car to the building that I worked in, from the front door to the elevator, from the elevator to my office door. I would just be unusually tired. Uh, I don't even have a vocabulary to describe how tired I felt. It just did not make sense. And I'd always been very active. Um, I was the advisor for a step team at my church and at my school, and I would step with the kids. And all of a sudden, I could not do it. So um, if you're feeling any kind of fatigue or tiredness, that's, uh, you just it's inexplicable. You just cannot explain it. You don't know what it is. Go get checked out. But anyway, so uh, my father also has uh, thyroid disease. But we had the opposite. He was hyperthyroid and I was hypothyroid. He had the one that makes you shrink. I had the one that makes you grow. But anyway, so um, I was put on medication for my thyroid. Uh, I was put on Synthroid. Um, but before they did that, they did what was called an uptake scan and some ultrasounds to check my thyroid. And they discovered like a tiny gorder, which that really freaked me out. Because, you know, if, if you look online, you look up Gorder, you always see this really protruding thing on, you know, people's necks. And in my vanity, I was worried about that. But my Gorder has remained very small. It's, it's not noticeable. Um, as a matter of fact, in a couple of weeks, I'm going for yet another ultrasound. I haven't had one in some years. Now, get this. I had several scans and... Uh, ultrasounds at the beginning of my thyroid disease, which is almost 20 years ago. Well, right at 20 years ago. And I hadn't had one in about mm, 14, 15 years. So I have a new endocrinologist and I mentioned to him uh, that I had not had a scan in a good little while. And he says, well, are you having any problems? I was like, well, no, I don't think I'm having any problems, but it seems to me that if it was worth scanning and checking when I was first diagnosed, maybe it's worth scanning and checking now because just because I don't feel some kind of way doesn't mean that that thyroid isn't doing something that you need to look at. So um, he did the little thing where they, they check and they have you to swallow. Look at me swallowing as if I know what I'm feeling for. But anyway, he says, well, maybe I will send you for an ultrasound. Um, you know, so with that. So he's, he, he's signed, he scheduled me to do that. Now think about it. If I had not asked about that particular test, I would not have been sent for that particular test. He would have just kept giving me medicine. Now he's been lowering my dosage, but, um, 
he wouldn't have bothered to do an ultrasound if I hadn't asked about it. I've met people who have thyroid disease and are medicated and have never had an ultrasound and have never had a scan of any kind. The doctor just said you got thyroid disease and gives them medicine. People, ask questions. And I know you don't know what you don't know, so you can't ask questions if you don't have a frame of reference. So I hope for you today I am that frame of reference. They can do an ultrasound on your thyroid. And um, so if you haven't had that done and you've been told you have thyroid disease, that might be something you want to look at. But over the years, they have, you know, changed my thyroid. I guess every time I gain weight, they would increase it. And when I lose weight, they would decrease it. So that's that. But right now, mine has been reduced to the lowest I think it's ever been. So um haven't had any real problems with the thyroid other than the fact that it's just another organ that is not working like it should work. And we'll get to why that's happening a little bit later. Um, the next thing that I was diagnosed with that year was rheumatoid arthritis. So you might remember I told you earlier in this series that uh, when I was diagnosed, I had to go to this gym they had for diabetic patients and we had to exercise and learn how to read labels and all that stuff. So I was at that place. I went after work most days. Um, and this particular day, I'm on the treadmill and my Achilles tendon was bothering me. I could barely walk. And uh, my personal trainer came over and was like, what's going on, RSL? Come on, come on, come on. You're moving too slow. You're moving too slow. And I was like, yes. I said, I don't feel bad, but this little place on my leg is bothering me really, really bad. I can barely move. So she asked me to get off and, you know, we went over to a bench. So she's feeling around on my ankle. So she calls over another guy and he's feeling around on my, my legs and they're both going, hmm, oh, hmm. You don't ever want medical people to be going, mm, oh, ah. So <laughs> they asked me a series of questions. You know, did you get new shoes? No. Are you wearing different kind of socks? No. Did you hurt yourself? No. So they're asking me these questions, and the answer to everything was no. I wasn't doing anything differently. I hadn't eaten anything differently. I hadn't injured myself. This pain just came out of nowhere. So they were ooh, on and owing. And uh, both agreed I should probably go get it checked out. So I went to my general practitioner and they checked me out and they gave me, oh my gosh, what was that medication everybody was taking at that time period? Oh my gosh, it was for arthritis. Um, I think they took it off the market. Began with a C. I said I was going to remember. But anyway, if it comes back to me, I'll tell you. But anyway, so I was taking this stuff like M&Ms and it wasn't helping. I mean, over-the-counter things, you know, weren't helping. Nothing that's associated for helping with pain was helping me at all. So um, my doctor says, well, we'll do some blood work. So they did some blood work. You know, I'm not a doctor. I've told you before, and I don't play one on TV. So I don't know why they do the things they do. So I was like, what in the world is blood work going to show you about why the heck my and by this time, both legs are feeling the same way. So they did some blood work and it came back that uh, I possibly had rheumatoid arthritis, but they wanted to send me to a specialist to get checked out. So guess what I discovered at that point? When you go see a specialist, a lot of times you're on a waiting list for three months. 
Now that makes absolutely no sense to me, you know, the person that's not the doctor, because if you're feeling bad enough to have to see a specialist, you might want somebody to see you right then, right? That's what I thought made sense to, sense to me. But I was on a waiting list for three months. So as time progressed, this pain is in almost every joint in my body. I could barely walk upstairs or downstairs. I could barely lift things. I'm struggling managing zippers and buttons, which means that's giving me problem getting dressed. Tying shoes was just not happening. Thank God for slip-ons. Um, it got so bad that I had a student who would back my car out because I couldn't look over my shoulder. It was that bad. It was in my shoulders. When I tell you it was in every joint in my body, it was in every joint and I was in pain. I still have like two months to wait before I go see this particular doctor. Well, by the third month, I woke up one morning and there was no pain. Not a single joint ached. Nowhere in my body hurt. So guess what I did with my smart self? I called and canceled the appointment. Yes, I did. I called and I canceled the appointment with the rheumatologist because obviously whatever was happening was just a phase of something and it's gone. I'm fine. Ha ha. So I went on with my life. So <laughs> this is like the holiday season. And so I go through the holidays and everything is great. And uh, I guess about around March, this thing came back with a vengeance. It was worse than it was the first time. This thing was hurting me in joints I don't have, okay? It was hurting me that bad. So um, I called back to schedule this appointment. And guess what? Back on the wait list for three months. And the lady says, well, if we have a cancellation, we will see you. That's a big if. So here I am suffering with this God off or whatever this is that no medication I am taking is helping. Um, I literally couldn't lie down in my bed. I hurt that badly. I slept in a chair for two months. My husband had to move one of our recliner chairs from the den area to the bedroom so that I could sit to sleep. I couldn't even recline because it hurt me to push back on the chair to make it recline. And I remember I would walk through my house at night and look at my husband lying in the bed and look at my children lying in their beds all comfy and cozy and I am hurting. And I would cry. And I remember sitting at the computer late at night looking up, I hurt all over, help me. <laughs> I was asking Jeeves and I was Googling. Yeah, that's how long, it, how long ago it was. Jeeves was still a thing. And I'm asking Jeeves and Google and, and the AOL search and whoever I could ask, you know, help me somebody. So um, I got no answers from the internet. Well, lo and behold, the time comes. It's May. Someone canceled and I do get to see this rheumatologist. And so he comes in, um, he has the blood work that the other doctor had taken. He goes, oh yeah, you, you have rheumatoid arthritis. And I'm like, well, what is that? You know, I already knew I had arthritis. He said, no, that's osteoarthritis. That's a whole different thing. He said, this is an autoimmune disease. And I'm like, autoimmune disease? 
And so he begins to talk to me about this autoimmune disease. And one thing he said to me was, you could be born with the RH factor and never, ever, 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 ever be diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Something has to enter your body to trigger it. Now, I'm not speaking as a physician. I am telling you what was told to me. I don't know what your doctor has said to you. I don't know what the new research says. I'm telling you what I was told in 2003. Okay. So he said to me that something had to enter my body to trigger this thing to think something was wrong and it was attacking me. So my, my immune system was attacking me. And he says with rheumatoid arthritis, what hurts on the left hurts on the right. It mirrors itself. So, and that was so true. Everything that was on my left was hurting on my right. That whereas osteo, you know, you may have, oh, my left knee hurts so bad. I don't know why. Well, with this thing is your left knee and your right knee. It's your left shoulder and your right shoulder. It's bad. So I said, wow, I guess I have my mother to thank for that because she has rheumatoid arthritis. And the doctor scolded me immediately. He said to me, apologize right now because your mom didn't do it. Something had to enter your body. So he started asking me a series of questions to try to find out what possibly had I ingested or been exposed to that could have triggered this. Now here's where it gets interesting to me. I shared with him that I had a recent diagnosis of diabetes and that I had spent a few days in the hospital where they were giving me insulin around the clock and initially had diagnosed, uh, prescribed for me insulin to take it home, but that I had stopped taking it and it was two different types of insulins I was on. It's been so long ago, I don't remember um, what those are. So he says, um, well, the insulin, I think he was speaking about the uh, synthetic one. Uh, I'm not sure which one, but he said the insulin could have been the substance that went into my body that triggered the RA to become active and decide to fight me. And I thought that was so interesting because it was only weeks after, you know, I'm out of the hospital and I'm, I'm at this gym place where I started having problems. So that has sat with me forever. I asked him if he could make a note of that and he would not. He refused to put that in writing. When I went back to my, uh, general practitioner who was acting as my endocrinologist at the time, I told her what the rheumatologist said. And she said, yes, that's true. That could be the case. I asked her to put that in writing. She refused. She would not. And some later years after I moved, I said it to yet a third physician who also verbally agreed, but refused to put that in writing. You can infer what you want to from that, but I know what I thought. From that so um, I think that was just a case of CYA everybody was covering theirs and by not putting it in writing I could never prove that any of them said that to me but when you have something as traumatic and devastatingly painful as rheumatoid arthritis you tend to remember the details of things like that that people say to you about how you got or possibly got to this point of being ill. 
Um, he immediately prescribed for me uh, methotrexate. And he said, because of the other medication I was having to take for my thyroid and for my diabetes, he wanted to avoid my digestive system with the medication. So he would not give me a pill. He gave me an injection. And um, from that day to this, I take an injection of methotrexate uh, once a week. Um, a lot of people can't take it, apparently. I've, I've read and I've talked to people who methotrexate makes them very ill. So I'm very thankful that methotrexate has helped me to manage my rheumatoid arthritis. There was one point that I believe my uh, RA was in, in uh, remission. And I was able to go off my meds for about 18 months. And I stopped taking the, the injections because I was of the mindset, if this thing ever gets better, how will I know if I'm taking a shot every day? So I started skipping a week and then I would skip a week. And before I knew it, I skipped a month and I felt nothing. And I just kept skipping months until I was like 18 months with no methotrexate. So for me, I was saving my liver in my mind because some of these medications that you take um, affect your liver. I have to go get blood work every six to eight weeks because of the drugs that are in my body because everything you put in affects your body, whether it's your food, your medication, supplements, whatever you put in your body is affecting something inside of your body. It's altering the cells. It's altering what's going on. So I have to do this blood work to make sure that all of my other uh, uh, organs, especially my liver, are functioning well and, and, and not becoming sicker than I am with the, all these other things. So anyway, um, after being off my methotrexate for 18 months, I had a bit of a flare and I did have to go back on my methotrexate. But what I did not know while I was off my medication, although I was not in pain, the rheumatoid was still doing what rheumatoid does. And the inflammation was there. And we'll talk about inflammation later. Um, and so on my hand, I started having a problem where uh, there was a odd looking bulge underneath my skin, which is uh, indicative of rheumatoid arthritis and the inflammation and how it can uh, uh, distort your joints. Um, you may have seen people whose hands are knotted or gnarly or whatever from rheumatoid arthritis. And I feel like that was what was about to happen to my own hand. And so when I went back to my doctor, they did another test, a uh, vector test, to see how how high a level of rheumatoid I was at at that point. And I was kind of in the middle. So they did definitely put me back on my medication. Um, and I've not been off it since. Uh, what about uh, a year ago, two years ago now? Uh, I did have some progression in the disease. And so they diagnosed me with Embrel. You may have seen the commercials on television about Embrel. Um, but with Embro, um, I've had no problems, no pain or anything like that. Again, I have to still get the blood work. So if you're taking strong medications for your diabetes, your thyroid, rheumatoid arthritis or anything, you know, you might want to ask your doctor about how would this affect my liver or my other organs? Do I need to do blood work to make sure everything is okay? And even if you don't have to go every six or eight weeks like I do, and you're taking something, heck, at least a couple times a year, somebody needs to be checking because everything you're putting in 
it's doing something to something else in your body. What a lot of people don't realize about medication, you could be taking a medication for pain, and then all of a sudden you may start having some water retention. So then you go to the doctor, you say, well, I'm retaining water, my legs are swollen. Then they give you a water pill. So now you're releasing the water all night long, and uh, but it could have been the medication that they were giving you was causing the water retention, okay? And I'm going to tell you about that. I keep moving some things back down the line because I got a whole big piece to put together here. So my thyroid did not cause me a lot of physical obvious issues other than it was making my life hard because losing weight is a challenge with hypothyroidism because that's one of the glands that controls your metabolism. And even before I was diagnosed with thyroid, my metabolism was not the fastest. So, you know, so other than that, it was delaying weight loss. It was making it difficult for me to lose weight. Uh, I didn't have any real problems. The little gorder stayed small and she's hidden back there somewhere and we hope she stays there. Um, and the rheumatoid arthritis is just something I live with. Um, right now I'm pain-free. I've been pain-free for a long time. I actually consider myself a miracle child. I couldn't walk up the stairs. I couldn't walk down the stairs. I couldn't back my car out because this is before they put the cameras in the car to help you with backing up. Um, so all of those things, you know, combing my hair, wearing clothes with buttons and zippers. So that's my story about my thyroid and my rheumatoid. I have a story. I think it's funny. You might not think it's funny, but I'm going to share this before I wrap. So in the midst of my uh, agony with my new rheumatoid arthritis, those of you who are old as I am will remember the Carol Burnett show and the character Tim Conway played when he was a little old man that would shuffle along. And uh, so I was walking about like that guy. I could barely move. I, I was not putting one foot in front of the other. They were shuffling along together. And so I worked at a high school, and this particular day, uh, we have a fire drill. The alarm goes off, but I had just gotten to the ladies' room, and I just locked the door. I had just made it to the ladies' room, and I was determined I was going to use it, because it was going to take me a long time to get those elastic waist pants down so that I could do what I needed to do. But when I exited the restroom after washing my hands and locking it back and I'm walking down the hall to leave the building a big giant fireman came up to me and says leave now and I guess he said what in the heck is wrong with this woman she ain't running she's you know she's just walking like whatever because I couldn't but by the time I got outside to the place I was supposed to be an entire school was empty 2200 students two three hundred Faculty members and staff are outside. And here I am walking out of the back door. But when I reached the spot where I was supposed to be, the bell rang for us to return to the building. Ah, that's just how bad it was. I was moving just that slow. It took me the entirety of a fire drill, which I later learned was not a drill. There was a accident in the science lab. So here I am moseying along through the building, not well. Um, yeah, so I find the story kind of funny now. I didn't find it funny then, but I'm moving along like Tim Conway, just shrugging along and <sighs> I could have been in a burning building.
But luckily there were firemen there and I guess they would have gotten me out. That's what they're supposed to do. But anyway, so when you have something that's bothering you and it just doesn't feel normal, get it checked out. Um, they don't know everything. Medicine is not an exact science. That's why they call it practicing medicine because they practice it every day. But, you know, when you have certain things that are going on, you're tired, you're fatigued, you're in pain, get it checked out. Get someone to look at it um, to make sure you're okay. Again, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV. And my name is Laura Sell. And thank you for stopping by for another episode of Small Doses with Laura Sell. We'll see you next time. And we're going to tie some of these loose ends together. You know, where I kept telling you we're going to come back to it. The next time we're going to come back to them. Y'all be blessed. Bye.